American songs about filling your woodshed, about fishing for steelhead, songs about the truth. American songs. Whoa! American songs. Whoa! Guys, we're recording a fucking oh, podcast and you guys are telling secrets. Okay, I'm ready to go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Rob Bailey Show, uh, hosted by Rob Bailey. Austin's not here. He's trying to. He's he's a golfer now. He's a professional golfer, playing on the uh, some kind of tour. I don't fucking know. He'll come back and talk about it. But today we have some special guests. We have Daniel Diaz for the second time. Second time. The second time. Uh, longtime friend, forever friend. Fucking from 1942. Yeah. Yeah. At least. And then we have Rasta Runner, <laughs> who have, you've been on, right? I've been on several times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But oh, you, I'm, I'm, I forgot. Yeah, I remember now. Now you're starting to use the sexy voice. I remember now. Yeah. <laughs> What's I'm up, guys? Feeling good running those mountains. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm feeling good, too, man. We just came off that Spartan race yesterday, so I'm, I'm hobbling around a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's fun to watch you guys walk good. like that, and I feel like I'm fine. <laughs> which it's weird right it, it's it feels like the, the world's backwards right now in more ways than one <sighs> yeah so yeah. how how long was the spartan race you guys did 33.5 miles yeah 33 33 and a half miles um 7700 so, feet of incline yeah yeah it was, oh it was a big climb but but here's the cool thing about it is they do spartan races all over the world um but there are very few races that are like the most coveted, the most loved, like fan favorites. And year after year, time after time, Montana's always in the top five. Really? And, and the cool thing about this is it's like 45 minutes from the house. And so it's, just, it's such a, a, a gift to be able to do it. And I barely have to drive to it at all. So even though Spartan isn't like a passion of mine, I just can't help but run it every year just because of that. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about something cool. You know, we were we were clocking probably mile twenty nine or thirty. Things were breaking. <laughs> yeah, you know, not yeah. our minds, but our parts of our body weren't working as well. And you know, you've reminded me of this a few times, Dan. And I think it's always special, and it's always a great reminder every time I hear it. But you know, it's point five percent, one percent. That's it. It's a one percent or point five percent of the world are going to be having an experience that we're having right now. Because either they won't take it on or they won't challenge themselves or they just won't make that experience available for themselves. You guys talking about me? <laughs> <laughs> We're just laying feel like, thick. <laughs> I feel like I'm over here eating these fucking small seed bars. Shout out to small seed. But you guys are talking about me. I'm, no. the, I'm the 99% of people Not a that chance. <laughs> no, because we already did the top 1% when we did Glacier mm. in 2020. All right, you're right. Yeah, I already checked yeah, that yeah. off my list. I yeah. don't need to keep just doing the same thing over and over to yeah. impress anyone. <laughs> but you got a lot of things going on right now, too. Though, I'm way too busy, not... man. This isn't about me, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's about you guys. Well, it was a good day. It was um, a great day. I, I read somewhere at some point in my life that ultra running is like life in a day because you get to experience the entire spectrum of emotion, of insight, of clarity, of weather, <laughs> you know, like you, you just get to experience so much in such a short amount of time. And I think like that's one of the, the biggest draws for me with ultra running is you just 
you get to experience like an entire life almost in a day. And it's, it's wonderful. Yeah, it's true. I love that. Yeah. It's life in a day, man. So an ultra is classified as how far? Cause I'm trying to think about that now. So more, the- it's classified as more, <laughs> more than what you yeah, think. Yeah. <laughs> is there like a, is there like a mileage where, cause like I've never really run that much. Right. Yeah, so yeah. I've ran a mile yep. is normally what I do. Yeah. Or I run longer distances with you, which is yeah. like minimum is like 14 miles, right? Yep. So what does an ultra, because when people are like, oh, I ran a marathon, I used to think of it like a marathon was far until I found out a marathon's like. It's not really that far. No, it's like, it's like a weird little race. Yeah. These so, are like real man races. Kind of. Yeah. So like, here's, here's how they break it up and what they consider an ultra. So I'll, I'll start from the beginning. So typically in most traditional race settings, you have a 5K, you have a 10K. 20k and then it goes up to a little bit more like a half marathon distance and then it'll go to the marathon so marathon distance is 26 miles rough 26.2 miles mm-hmm. now technically anything over 26.2 miles is considered an ultra ah. if it was 26.3 they could technically call it an ultra but uh, for for Spartan race considerations, 33 and a half miles is an ultra, but, okay. uh, you know, there's obviously a, a spectrum of ultra races out there. Yeah. And it's interesting cause it's the Spartan mile, right? So it's like, like I, when I did the trifecta last year, the beast is 13.1 miles, but really when you're done, it's like 14.4. Right. It's also the Spartan miles, like a 1.1 or 1.2. It's also mile. different. Yeah. yeah because yeah. like I know running, you know, whatever. Don't break that, dude. I'm, I'm trying not to. It breaks everything. Oh, gosh. Okay, it's fine. Um, <laughs> it's like uphill, downhill. Like, because, like, a lot of times, like, marathons, like, growing up on the East Coast. I used to live on the East Coast a very, very long time ago. Right. Like, when I was a child. Not, you know. I mostly grew up in Montana, though. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it was like, people were like, oh, running a marathon, marathon. I was like, there's not even any hills. It's like gently rolling hills like you run that over here and like what you said shit was intense 7500 7700 yeah and it was muddy and it was steep like they they maneuvered that course a little different than last year and i mean still there was a lot of the major uphills were similar than last year but man there's just a lot and it's just steep it's sharp i mean what would you say the degree is of incline on the majority of those I would, I would say that they rough, roughly were probably anywhere from like 30 to 40 degree inclines. I mean, it, it, it isn't too much. It isn't like the cool thing and, and why I think a lot of people like the Montana Spartan race is simply because it isn't like a buttery, fun, man-made trail. It's just like, hey, there's the mountain. Get to the top. Mm-hmm. And so you're making your way through brush. You're bushwhacking a little bit. And it isn't, it isn't any kind of route. It's just you need to get to the top of that peak, so go. And, and I think, like, for a lot of people, that's one of the big draws to it. Is it's, it's a little bit wild still. It's a little bit Western running in Montana. And, and I mean, that's one of the reasons I love it, too. Yeah, I'm going to say that, you know, for me, and piggybacking off of what you said about the ultra and, you know, why people love it so much, I'd say for me, it's, I look at it as the ultimate performance hack. You know, like, I think... Being in personal development, you know, being in it for six plus years, you're, you know, it's anybody that's in it, it's, we're constantly looking for little attributes and characteristics to better ourselves, you know, 
more resiliency, more determination, more courage, more confidence, more persistence, you know, and we listen to podcasts and we read books, you know, and we hire coaches, whatever it happens to be that's your forte. And when you read something and you have this like, oh, you need an aha moment, you take a little piece of that, right? Mm -hmm. And you take a little piece of this, a little piece of that. But when you do an ultra, when you do something like what we did, even 21 miles, it's an instant download of all of these things, right? Because it is more than your body. It's your body and your mind and your spirit. At some point, every one of those things is going to break, mm-hmm. right? Like it's like life in a day, right? You got to fix things on the fly. And same with that. And when you do this experience and you, you have to face all those demons on that course, you're, you're doing something physical while you're also radically changing your belief system. And when you marry those two together, it, it creates a neurological wiring in your brain that's totally different mm-hmm. than when you just read something or you hear something or you see something. When you get a little piece of that thing that you might need to get to that next level of life, right? Let's say there's 10 categories and you take a little piece of this, little piece of that. When you do an ultra, you take all 10 and then you, you download them. Like they're, they're stored, they're anchored. And that to me is why I keep doing it because it's like a radical upgrade. It's a catapult, it's a quantum leap. It's something that I don't think can be, I don't think can be matched if you're going a traditional route of personal development. Mm. You know, I think other things that people do would be like an ayahuasca journey. Right, like some radical expression of like connection to what's out there. Yeah. And you get that on that mountain. You know, yeah. I mean my I broke at twenty one yesterday. My 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 I just hit like a wall. It was like my breaking point. I even took a video of it on the course. I I fucking hit my breaking point and my mind went right into the gutter. And it was it was from twenty one to twenty seven when I linked back up with him that was six miles of rewiring every single thought that didn't serve me. Is is there like an option? So a lot of people, like the only thing I can relate is that one time that we ran together, which that was 27 miles. I think you just said 21. (laughs) That's the number that Dan kept saying on the way there. Those are Dan miles. It was really 33 miles. (laughs) My watch at the end of it was like, I was like, hey man, why does my watch say 27 fucking... No, because I remember when it hit 21, I was like, well, I know we're almost... We're not there. (laughs) Why are we still on this mountain? It was like six more miles. And... um, So the biggest thing about that is, because I want to make sure I do that again this year, because so many things, once again... Like, you go through so much shit, ups, downs, like, but I think the one cool thing about the run that we did uh, was there, you can't stop. Like, yeah. there is no one, there's, and the more that I talk about the run that we did, right, so just because you guys need a little bit of context here, um, there's a run through the park where essentially you go into Glacier National Park, we drove to the other side of the park, we parked our vehicle, and then we drove to the other side and then we got out there and we ran back. And it was like three peaks. We saw glaciers. It was fucking chaos, dude. Like it's not real life. Like yeah. every, there was the weirdest shit, like the weirdest animals. Like remember, just, those, remember those animals kept stealing those people's ski poles. <laughs> some people set down ski poles at some point in time. 
and then they like hiked off into the woods and these fucking marmats or whatever came out and they stole the people's ski poles. They were just like pulling them under that that wind cabin, that wind shelter. And we were like laughing and then I was like, wait, the people are going to come back and think that we stole them. And we're going to be like, no, there was these marmots that came. (laughs) No one's going to believe us. Sorry, I can cut you off. Sorry. So like you rest and it's just amazing thing and you're soaking in the views and like sometimes music's great. Other times you're like, I can't make it up this hill. Or you say, hey, this, this peak was great, now what? And you're like, oh, well, it dips back down and then goes up an even higher peak. And you're like, well, fuck. Like, I'm done. Or when you fall in the water trying to c- climb the rope over the stream and your shoes mm. get wet. For me, in my head, I'm like, well, if my shoes get wet, I, I'm not going to run anymore. But you don't have a fucking choice. So one of the cool things with that run was, and this is what I try to explain to people, because everyone's like, I want to do that. Or they see the videos of it and they're like, oh, I want to do that. I'm like, oh, you don't realize like y- you can't – like everything else in life, you can like bail, right? Like you can drop out of college. You can quit your job. You can like pretend you're sick and not show up for work that day. When you enter this, when you enter that run, like it normally starts kicking your ass at five miles, right? I think that's when the big uphill starts about five to six miles. Yeah, in. right in there. So it's like, hey, you're six miles in. This is your last chance where it's remotely easy to get back, but it's six miles back, which puts you at 12 miles. And because when Dana hit the wind shelter, which was like 11 miles, she I, something was wrong with her body. I don't remember what. Growing. Her growing. And she pulled her growing in like mile four. Yeah. Like. So she pulled her growing in mile four. And then like we talked about her possibly turning back and all these different options. And then when we got to the wind shelter, she was like, really considering turning back and it was like you, you you can't like you're already 11 miles in yeah you either suck no it return. up and, and like holy shit that's what people don't realize they they don't realize that on a run like that there is no turning back there's no there's no like aid station there's no there's not even a fucking helicopter to come get you unless you're in like or service worst case scenario danger and like yeah so if you want a helicopter to come get you or some way for you to get out no motorized anything like hey us guys need to run another seven to ten miles to then send someone back out to get you so you have to are you in that much pain where you need to lay here is it you know in the wilderness so it's a lot of weird shit like that and that was one of the big things about that that I. I've been very vocal with telling people, it was like, hey, like runs like that, it's not like anything you're used to, right? Yeah, like it's yeah. not, you, you can't tap out. You can't say, I'm going to like, you know, it's not that. It's this different thing. And it's yeah. really fucking hard. And I think a lot of times, I mean, even for myself, people, you're, no one's in hard situations like that anymore. Like for that long period of time, you do jujitsu, right? And like you get tapped and you're like, oh, it was 14 fucking seconds, Right. You lift in the gym and you hit max failure and it's what you've been, it's reps number seven or deadlift, whatever. Yeah. Like there's, <clears throat> it's rare to hit that. And then there actually be no fucking way out. Right. Right. Um, that's one of the biggest things that I've liked about that run that like makes me want to keep going back to it is knowing that like, whatever you want to call it, like your inner bitch voice or all these different things. It's like, uh, that's it, like the second you step out of the car, like, it's not even an option for that inner bitch voice to show up. Like you, it, you can't, it can, but it's not going to do anything. Yeah. You know, you just need to be like, well, man, you need to shut up for a little bit or cause you know, and I, I, that's the same thing. That's why I hire you to train every morning because I can talk myself out all day to be like, Oh, I want to do 
fucking burpees or I want to do all these different movements. Yeah. I'm like, no, nah, I'll just do shoulder lateral raises, <laughs> nice, easy lateral raises and like right. maybe some light press and I'll just go through the motions. But like you make me do weird shit and it puts me in the same situation that for that hour, like there is no bitch voice cause I can't turn to you and be like, Hey man, I don't want to do this. Like what? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that's one of the greatest things about those races is like you're committed, you're in, you have to do it. Now, the reason I said that big long story, is there a point in time in that race where like you can get five miles, six, seven miles in and then be like, hey, I'm out and you get on a golf cart and drive away? Everywhere in the oh, entire okay. race. I mean, I was, we were actually having that conversation because as in the second lap, he really hit his groove and he pulled ahead and then two miles in, I hit the opposite of my yeah. groove, right? And I started to break. And it was interesting because I kept going and I knew that there was no way I wasn't going to finish the course. I couldn't get in. I just couldn't. I could just, and I was telling him, he's like, you know, because we were talking about it. Like, There's just no way I could have gotten into one of those side by sides and say, drive me to the front and like see myself text Dan. Hey, I'm at the car. Hey, I'll meet you at the car. <laughs> like, I just like, Ugh, like it just, it feels gross. Right. Yeah. And having said that though, I also pass a lot of people. That were getting in those cars. Well, I think that's like the And they were like, thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna call for help at the next station. Yeah. When really like the truth is is like as I was telling him, I was like, you know, what what happened with me was at twenty two, I really started my body started to really <clears throat> shut down and, and and what was popping up for me, like the little darkness, like the, the voice I was trying to tell him was like, I don't think you're gonna make it up that real big hill. And uh, you're you're a big dude. Yeah. What do you? What, how big are you? What's your size? Two thirty-five, two forty, something yeah. like that. Like Dan, Danny and I are this essentially the same size. You, you're just you've dieted well, and I can't see <laughs> 50, fifty pounds off of me. But like we met in high school, college. Maybe we were yeah. still in high school when we met. I don't we remember. were still in high school. When we, we were still met, in high school when we met, and we were just like the coach introduced us because we both had shoulder problems, and we were both the same size. And then we just continued. And we both to, didn't drink or smoke or do. Yeah, yeah, we were both straight yeah. at the time. And then we both continued to do all the same things. So we stayed the same size <laughs> forever, right? Yeah. It was just like we were just always the same size dude. So when you, when you hear him talking about running 21 miles or whatever, uh, realize that you're talking about like a full-grown adult fucking male running through the woods. Yeah. Sorry. And no, it's all good. And I mean, it was interesting too, right? Like, you know, I mean, I ran 40 miles with Dan across Glacier last July. So the distance was never going to be an issue in my mind, but I just had a lot of adversity from that point until this point. So training wasn't up to snuff. My mind was just fucking, I was just so in, I was so dialed in. Like I had no concerns about this race and it just happened that at 22 or 21, it just broke. And I'm like starting to think about this big hill that's coming. It's like a 250 yard hill that just goes up. So like I 40. wish it was 250. Like, yeah, maybe it was way more than that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a, I mean, it's long. It's just football field after football field and it just goes up and it's not a little up. It's like 45 fucking degrees. Like, it's just a sharp hill and I started thinking about it and it's like, oh, you know, and, it's, and, I, and I had to reel it back. Like, are you going to quit? Like, are you, are you ready to quit right now? And it's like, well, no. And it's like, well, who fucking cares? Like, just finish the mile. And I think that's the point that a lot of people forget when they're in those races and they can get their easy exit is they start thinking about, oh, I don't know if I could do all the obstacles that are coming. I don't know if I can finish this. I don't know. It's like, just fucking finish the mile that you're in. Like, are you, like you're thinking about, will you have what it takes later? Yeah. And you're quitting when you still have what it takes right now. Yeah. And 
you know, for me, I mean, you know, I'm blessed to have that in my toolkit. So like I pulled out every fucking cookie yeah. in that cookie jar to get through, to finish it, you know, to run across the finish line with him. But it is, I mean, it's, it's interesting because people can pull out mm. and people do pull out. Well, and that's why I asked if there was the option. Cause it's like, it's weird that there is the option. Right. Um, I think that's something that like, I, like I can relate cause I, I have a hard time dieting. Right. So like, I'm always like, ah, oh, I'll just a little snack here, a little snack. I don't know. And like, it's that, all those fucking excuses in your head, right? And I talk about it like, even, you know, a lot of times I run before Dan gets here in the morning, right? And there was a time when I was doing five, five miles a day. Yeah. And so, like, I had to get there like a fucking hour before him because <clears throat> yeah. it would take me 55 minutes plus the time that, like, I'm like, well, I need to tie my shoes and I should pee again and I should take another shit. And like, all those weird things your body does when you start to do something where it's like, stop this, man. Yeah. And like you start to run and like a quarter mile in, it's like, oh, my calves are tight today. Like maybe I shouldn't run. And like, I have to pee. I should stop running again. Or um, I remember my dude and it never stopped. Like I did it for six months. I think I did five miles every single morning before yep. Dan got to the, when we were training in building three. Yep. And like, it was absolutely amazing what my body would do to tell me to stop. Like from the moment I, I finally got to the point where I could get out of the house. Like I could, I could get out so fast the voices didn't happen. And I could get there and get on the treadmill. I got myself to there. And as soon as it started moving, it was like, ah, man, I don't know. I feel like your hamstring hurts a little bit. Or like, or Dan doesn't know. You know, you could mm. say that you ran this morning and like, so you won't let him down, but he's not gonna be here for another hour. Like, what the fuck are you doing this for? Like. But just yeah. every single excuse in the world. And I think that it's so easy to just hear that and be like, yeah, I'm fucking, I don't need to do that. That's dumb. Like, what am I doing? What am I training for? I'm fucking almost 40. I don't need to yeah. run five miles every day. Um, and I think that seeing those fucking carts there, it almost like, it probably just weeds people out so easy. Because it's like to have an out. And that's the cool thing about the other the other run is like there is no out. And like I just heard you guys say forty miles. I wasn't aware about that run, but like a forty mile run where there's no out, fuck yeah. There yeah. was zero out. And we right? and we hit some fucking you know you, I, I don't know. I'm, still, I'm surprised you haven't heard that story. We hit some serious fucking adversity on that trail. Yeah, so last summer um we had planned to do a really nice thirty eight mile stretch from Bowman to Kintla Lake okay. in Glacier Park. Yeah. And um, for those that don't know, Bowman and Kintla Lake is located in the Pole Bridge area of Glacier Park. And it's also the probably the top two remote areas of the entire million acres it's where of all Glacier the bears Park. Live. All the bears live there. Every single bear lives right. there. Right. Yeah. So we were originally going to do that route, but what ended up happening was a forest fire had broke out about five, acre, five miles or so from the, the trailhead. So we bagged it and we went a different route. Um, and the, the other route that we ended up choosing was the, also the other most remote area of Glacier Park. And so we chose that. There's lots of bears. Well, a yeah. lot of bears out there too. So every time I go out there, I'm like, Oh, look at all these bears. Yeah. <laughs> Sneak yeah. Up on you too, yeah. Oh, they're, they're sneaky. Yeah. yeah. We, we had some bear experiences where oh, really? they just snuck up on us. Yeah. It. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we did 40 miles, um, running in like the remote back country of Glacier last summer. And we were just met with, yeah, a lot of adversity, a lot of big peaks that we climbed, a lot of miles. Um, we started basically in like the very early light of the day and we finished in the dark and oh it was God. a great day. It was a great day. 
That was that was incredible. That, that, and even the way that I felt in that run, I mean, that whole run was so it's really eye opening. You know, like when we did our when we did our run together in 2020, when we did the first 20 plus miles, that was the hardest thing I'd ever done. Mm-hmm. And I remember coming here a year later on the anniversary of my very first run ever. Because the truth, because I mean, still, I'm still not at only been running for two years. Yeah. So like it's it's been a lot that's I've put on my legs and like I'm really happy about it. And we got and I remember getting here and thinking like this is going to be the hardest one I've ever done. And we got to we got to mile 22 or 23 wherever at Sioux Lake is and it's like oh. 23 oh, yeah, and it was yeah. epic and we just felt so great. And I had run out of water, you know, I had like a couple sips left, but there's a a, a river pass that we were going to pass close. So it was like cool, we'll get down there and we'll get some water. So we go running down there and we're crossing this big place that's like known for grizzlies. 50 mountain. And sure enough, you hear the stick break and, we, and I'm there. I look up, Dan's got his hand up and this fucking grizzly mama <laughs> starts running away from us. But just like she took like three steps and then she just jumped off all fours over this massive like multi like log tree that had fallen just jumps over it off all fours lands and just takes off with her big ass cup into the forest that we were running in and it was like fuck so on my watch i have a trail i can see the trails right in the map and i'm like it looks like there's a line over here so we're going running over that way, which is away from the water. This is how uh, <clears throat> all stories go bad, then, right? Which is away from the water, but it's also away from the bear. Yeah. And we're like, let's let's go look for it. But it, it was a burn site, so there was no more trail. There's just shit, ever, just you know, fallen trees everywhere. So after like I don't know, maybe 45 minutes, I think we ultimately decided like, well, that's the only way that we can go. So we have to go through that way. Mm-hmm. Only had one can of bear spray because I didn't bring mine. I don't know how you go running in Glacier well, Park. Because I just and forget your bear spray. I just thought Dan brought it for me. Listen, it for me from Washington, I don't have it. Yeah, Jeez. I don't be. I can't bring yeah. bear spray on the plane, man. City slickers, <laughs> man. So, so basically, I'm wielding a speed goat knife, which Ooh, is about four right. inches, right? Gonna do nothing. But yeah. <laughs> Shout out Montana Knife Company. It's like the size of the smallest bear's yeah. pinky toe. Yeah. Blade. I'm gonna give that motherfucker a you paper cut like That's he's good. never had. Yeah. Oh, so I've got this in my hand. He's got the bear spray, and we're just slowly, casually walking through this this little forest where these bears are just probably waiting to murder us. Yeah. And we get through that spot, and then the the riverbank that was there is dry. Mm. So it's like, oh, so then we got to climb Fifty Mountain, which is just like switch back, switch back, switch back, switch back, and now there's no there's there's uh, there's no leaves on the tree because it's a burn site, so we are fully exposed to the sun which at this point it's fucking hot in the day. And we are just on the top of this mountain and there's just no water. And I learned something very valuable when it comes to ultra running. And that (laughs) is do not skip calories and electrolytes, calories, electrolytes, and water. Those are the three things you really got to keep your mind on, especially when you get into tough spots. Uh And we were in a tough spot and I was, I was like, I had, I just, didn't realize that I needed to be continuing to take my gel packs and my electrolytes. And I kept thinking like, I can't put this thing in my mouth right now because I don't have any water to wash it down and it's going to dry out my mouth. 
and this and that. And he's like, at one point, Dan's like, he's like, you should probably have some of those chews. And I'm just like, I'm like moving at this walking pace. And I'm like, uh, 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 yeah. Uh. And I'm thinking to myself, there's no way in hell I'm going to stop this movement that I have. I have a nice momentum. And I'm going to open my bag and get out these chews and take these chews. I'm like, yeah, okay, okay. And we just keep going and going and going. And then we met this angel. So, like, Dan's like, oh, there's a guy up here. There's some guy, like, hiking, like, random as fuck. Like, in the middle of, like, the, the most unwanted place. Like, there's nothing to see there. It's just this flat mountain with full of burnt trees. And there's this random guy coming. And we called him Angel Walker because we're pretty sure that he was just a figment of our imagination that saved our life. Yeah. So here's what was so crazy about this man. First off, he, he comes to us in our most desperate hour. Okay. We've been out of water for a while now and energy levels are almost non-existent. We're on the top of this mountain called flat top mountain. And no one else has been around for three, four hours. Like, again, we're in the most yeah. remote part of Glacier yeah, Park. I, yeah, I know where you're at, and there's nothing there. No Rain, one likes there. Some, no, 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 nothing even lives there. Yeah. And so out of nowhere comes this, this figment of my imagination wearing a big backpack with long, flowy hair, short man with a, like a kind of like a bucket hat on and glasses, maybe some facial hair. And he tells us that he's going to the 50 Mountain Ranger Station, which was a few miles back from where we just were. And I know Glacier Park like the back of my hand. And I've never heard of a 50 Mountain Ranger Station ever. And I've never seen it on a map. And so it was just very interesting where he said he was going to meet his friends. Yeah. Oh, and he's meeting people? And I, and I yeah, asked him. Basically, yeah. like, we talked was... to him for a little bit. Then he went to leave. And I was like, <sighs> I was like, I can't not ask this guy if he has water extra you know i was like hey man i was like before you go like do you happen to have any extra water by chance and he pulls out his bottle which is like the same size as this bottle and there's like this much in it and i was like all right don't worry about it you know which is i'm doing this with my hands there's about like an inch of water in like a 32 ounce jug right, right. i'm like okay i'm like that's okay man don't worry about it. it's all good i appreciate it and he's like oh no that's okay I got a bladder in my bag. You can have as much as you want. And he pulls out this fucking like five gallon bladder. It wasn't full, but it had water in it. And I'm like, oh my God, really? I'm like, I'm like drinking water. He's like, you can drink as much as you want. And I'm like, oh, so I'm drinking water. He's drinking water. And then he's like, do you guys want some watermelon? Like, what? <laughs> like, yes, I'll have. So he's like, I was going to bring some to my friends, but that's okay. They'll be okay. Here, you can have a few spears of, like, watermelons. Wait, is this guy real? Ranger Rick pulls out a tub of watermelon spears. I mean, like, cold watermelon spears. I don't know. At this point in the the whole day, like, I'm like, all right, I'm dead. Like, I've died, and this is what heaven is. Watermelon in heaven, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, so and he's can't be real because he kept telling us where this place was, and we're like, we just came from there, and there's nothing over there, like at all. And I'm like, are you sure? But he seemed like he knew the place. He seemed he seemed so confident in where he was going. You just didn't even really want to question it, you know. But it was yeah. almost like, are you sure you know where you're going? Because I don't think there's anything over there. And he gave us this food. He gave us this water, and then he just you know, he packed up and he just went off and like, we're like stunned. Like, Oh my God, I can't believe that happened. Cause he's right. We didn't have water at that point for like an hour and 45 minutes. We were yeah. without water. And after, you know, and it, it gets hot. It gets, yeah. Like if I was like, if I didn't have water for the, an hour and 45 minutes in the beginning of a run, not a big deal. 
But at mile 23, that's a big fucking problem. Yeah. Like, cause at that point, like I need my water, like mm -hmm. it's just pouring through me. Right. So, so we start to move after that and all of those previous decisions of not eating those chews and things that he was telling me to do, then it hit me and I like kind of like Ugh, and got woozy and had to sit down. And he's oh, like, no. this is, he's like, and he explained it to me. He's like, this is why you have to, it's like, what'll happen is, is your blood sugar will drop and then you'll start making bad decisions, which is what was happening yeah. for me. And I didn't realize that he's going to yeah. start making bad decisions. Mm -hmm. He's like, so if you're not up on your water, your calories, your electrolytes, like your body's going to eventually bonk out. He's yeah. like, this is what happened to me at, you know, the original cold water. I'm like, okay. So, so we're sitting on the ground and I'm like, all right, putting stuff in, getting stuff in my body, taping up a couple toes. And we were like, okay, well, let's not sit long so we don't build up too much lactic acid. Let's keep going. And we got up and kept going, and it was, it, it started to kick. Like, all that food I put in, the water I got, it started to hit. And we started to run. Still didn't have any water. Had a bunch of, screen, had a bunch of streams that were supposed to be there on, <laughs> on the old map. Mm -hmm. And none of them were, were, like, every one of them was dry. And we got to mile, like, what? I think it was, like, 32 or 33. So 10 miles from the point when we ran out of water, we get, mm -hmm. we hit water and like, we're walking and Dan stops real fast. And he's like, do you hear that? And I thought, I thought it was another bear. I was like, Oh <laughs> God, what? And then you hear like, like the sound of water yeah. trickling, like, Oh, like water, water. And it was the stream. And I mean, we found this little dinky stream and it was, that was it, dude. I mean, it was heaven. It was heaven. We got all of our water. We took our little like fake bath in the river, like just throwing water yeah. on our body. It was so hilarious because there's mosquitoes everywhere and none of them were biting us. And I swear because we smelled so fucking bad <laughs> that like nothing bit us. But, but I think the whole point of this whole thing was even when we got that water, we got that water and we filled up, we crushed those last six miles. Yeah. Like we got on our horse and we were just like running and running and we felt amazing. Mm -hmm. And like, I probably had five or six miles left in me when we yep. were done, like it was incredible. And yet this course beat the shit out of me mm -hmm. and that maybe it was the obstacles involved. Maybe it was the fact that my body had a lot of weird things going on, mm -hmm. but like, you know, everything, every one of these ultras, it's like, it brings a gift. And I think in my personal experience, it matches the intention that I set ahead of time, you know, and my intention for this round was to take my inner dialogue that I use when it comes to things like this mm. and transfer it across the board into areas where my other, where my inner dialogue maybe doesn't show up as strong. Right. That's been like one of the, for me, that's been one of the hardest things. Like the, despite what I do and, and all the things that I have and all the knowledge I have and the coaching that I do, my biggest battle that I've had in my journey is changing my inner critic and being less hard on myself. Like really encouraging myself for like all the shit that I've done mm. instead of like comparing or neglecting or being hard or, you know, whatever it is that I do to myself. And this journey, like this ultra gave me, like, I don't, you know, I feel like it's dead now. That's all gone. Okay. Like it, it was a complete rewiring, like all of those moments where I got to talk myself up and talk myself up. And then even at the end, so I didn't, I didn't, I finished and crossed the finish line, but I didn't finish the entire course because I got to mile 27 and was basically missing the cutoff. Mm. And so I met Dan on this field where, where it's basically these two little loops. So I missed these two little loops 
and the whole time it was interesting because you said earlier like oh you know like i don't like i like i don't want to let dan down and it was interesting because that's where my head was and i was like that's not that's what I came here to change. I came here to change this idea that like it matters that someone I let someone like what other someone else's opinion is of me. Yeah. Because it doesn't. Like I was really proud of what I have done and I was battling inside because I'm like, mm, I feel like I let Dan down. You know, like mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't cross it was like a mixed bag of emotions. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because the intention was to change the inner dialogue and to really honor what I'm doing. Yeah. And that was the opportunity. The opportunity was for you to was for me to really honor myself and be proud, you know, despite the fact this is the first time I'd ever signed up for something and said I was gonna do something and really didn't hit mm-hmm. and you know, all the way. I mean, right? It didn't it didn't finish. I didn't get the entire course. Mm-hmm. And it fucked with me. But that's not what I signed that's not what I set as my intention. Yeah. And I said something to him and he asked me, How are you doing? And I said, Honestly, oh, mixed bag of feelings right now. I was like, I'm really proud of myself. And I was like, but honestly, I was like, part of me feels like I kind of let you down. And he really drastically, he, tr- he changed that like right away, you know, and he just let me know right away that there was no let down. And, and it, it was, you know, I mean, it was everything I kind of needed to hear. Mm-hmm. And it, and it really, it set, it helped me to really set that tone and, and, and to relish in what I did versus being hard on myself for what I didn't. Right. Like, I think most of the people I work with and even myself, if I do a hundred things in a day in the past, I would be frustrated with the six things I got wrong versus the 93 things or 94 things I did great. Yeah. And that's the dialogue that I wanted to change. Right. And so that was, that was like, you know, these, these experiences, there's just so many gifts. It's so much more than the physical, Mm -hmm. right? It's just, it's all these things. And this one was one of those special moments for sure. Hell yeah. Yeah. I'm really proud of you, man. I, I mean, I, I think that um, you being in the hole that you were around that 20-something mile mark is something that I've experienced a, a thousand times. And anybody else out there that runs for any length of time, I mean, it, it's relative. It could be one mile or it could be 100 miles. Um, if you've been in that hole, you know what it's like, you know, and, and for you to be able to manage your thoughts and emotions and come out on top like you did and cross the finish line. Um, I think that's probably the best part of the entire day because racing isn't running. It's not running to me anyways. Like racing is a construct that people created. Running is just something that people do. And so the whole intention for me, I only race because I love to run and racing is just another way for me to run. So really the whole intention of any kind of race is to finish the race, is to cross the finish line, not like do it in a certain amount of time. And so, you know, I just, I just respect you for crossing the finish line and not taking a cart or the easy way out like so yeah. many of us have and, and are doing right now. Yeah. Cross the finish line. And you did that. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, I did. And it felt fucking awesome. And they had sure. carts ready for you. They did. Oh, they had them. They dude. were there. They're like, hey, I man, was literally talking the to this time. dude. Why don't you just hop in this little cart? We got drinks. We got watermelon in the cart. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Cold watermelon. Oh. Yeah. Like fake an injury. <sighs> Fucking. Man. Right? Your body tells you to do that. Of course. Oh, I, hell um, yeah. Without going too deep into it, I, I like I had that happen 
to somebody where like I witnessed faking an injury mm. just because they couldn't admit that they were done and they're like, oh, this is a different way. This is a more noble way to finish is I'm just gonna pretend like I'm hurt. Oof. It's like, holy shit, like that's such a fucking, it's such a sad thing to watch. But when you're in it, your body's telling you to do that too. I think you said that about your about your hundred miles. It's like just fall down, man. Just fall. Just fall. Just fall down. If I just yeah. fall right now, then it's over. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Be- it's crazy because, your body. because yeah, no yeah. one's no one's around. No one's gonna know. I could fake it right now. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, man. It's, it's weird what your brain does. It's weird what your brain yeah. does. When, and we were talking. I mean, I forget who said it when we were sitting there but someone said you know they, I forget what it was but something about like how our brain like when we're when we've hit our max it's only like 30% of what our actual mm-hmm. max is and it was like well yeah because like our brain is so good at mm-hmm. keeping our body in check like our brain is so good from keeping us from doing something that's yeah. dangerous it's like, uh, like like even holding your breath Right. It's like, hey, hold your breath. You're like 17 seconds, and you're like, ha, and that's all I got. <laughs> yeah, which no, is bullshit. Got, you got way more. Right. It's right. holding your breath. It's, uh, I just did a, what did I do, a 48-hour fast the other yeah. day? Yeah, And yeah. like, yeah, same thing. Dude, I was like four hours in. I cannot eat for four hours. And I was four hours in. And just knowing that I still had however many hours, my body was like, nah, bro, you're going to die. And I was like, can I, should I? Should I do like shakes or something? Maybe I, I should change the ru- maybe, maybe I should, I should change the yeah, rules of the fast. I'm gonna change right? the rules of this and start having shakes. Okay, and I, I even because I was like ten hours in when I talked to Dan, I was like, yeah, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna do two shakes every single day. That way, I'm like getting calories. And you were like, yeah, okay. Well, I mean, yeah. So you're doing like a different kind of fast. And I was like, yeah, it's a different kind of fast. <laughs> and then I had my first shake. And I knew that I was like lying to myself. Like I knew that like you don't you don't actually have to consume any calories, right? And like me having a live call or me being frustrated, like it's all bullshit. Like no, like get your act together, quit being a little fucking bitch about it, and just handle your shit. Like you don't need food. Yeah. Um. So I had my first shake, and I think I told you I was like I had one and a half shakes. Yeah, yeah. So I had my first shake, and I went back for my second shake, and I like sort of started to drink it, and I, I like I knew that like I was. I shouldn't have been doing it. Like, it's like, you don't, I don't actually need, like the whole point is not to fucking eat. So I actually, I took like half the shake and dumped the other half out. And I was like, no, I'm not eating. And, uh, and it took a little while. And then starting the next 24 hours was like easy. Like waking up the next morning, and you even asked me like, how are you feeling? I feel great. I don't feel like I ever need food ever again. <laughs> like, but it's that, it's your body telling yourself four hours. I just saved in. myself tons of time yeah. for the rest of my life. So I don't have to eat. I never need to eat. <laughs> um, but yeah, dude, it's like it's pretty. It's pretty crazy that like your your body can sort it, or uh, like you just need to get past that initial fucking pop. Like even the same thing, mile twenty one. Like you weren't done running, right? I still you obviously it. weren't because you fucking because I went ten more miles, right? But your body doesn't tell you that. Your body yeah. says you know, motherfucker. Well, isn't that funny too? Because as you said in the beginning, right? Like people don't do seem to do hard things or challenge themselves. Yeah. And I think that's, and even to the point where like what our brains do and like how fast our brains can see outs for us, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you think of all the things that we have now at our fingertips, right. like that we can we can change the rules of any game at any point, and we have like a million outs and we have a million like rational lies that we could tell mm-hmm. that make it all make sense yep. right like 
and I, and I mean, I can say, you know, now being in this world of ultra running, like it's just a habit that a lot of us have and mm-hmm. there's ways to break yeah. it, you know, and doing a 48 hour fast, that's a way to break it. You yeah. rewire the well, things I mean, in your brain. My relationship with food is shit and my relationship with food still is shit. Like it's still not there, but I'm a little bit stronger, right? Yeah. Cause now when I'm like on the airplane, I'm pretty proud of myself flying on the airplane. They brought around like the shitty, uh, soda and like snacks and chips and i turned it down for the first time in my fucking life oh dude that's rad like you're like if i don't eat these goldfish like (laughs) this is the this is the only food i I never eat goldfish i for a reason but then when they're on the plane it's like well i better fucking i I mean technically i already paid for them and like you go through all the shit and And the pretzels too give me both give me something to do and that's the only calories i'm going to get for a while and like you'd go through all that and like this was the first time when I was like, no, I don't, I'm good. Yeah. And like, and there was no one to celebrate me. Like I was by myself, but uh, it was like, oh no, cool. That was from that fast. Like, granted, what was it, 110 calories? But it, w- it was the concept of no, I don't need to eat that on the plane right now. Well, which, changing which a relationship. Me to order water too, because I always get a diet coke. And that little fucking win of saying no to that, she's like, oh, well, do you want to drink? Gave me the momentum to say, no, I just want water for now. Yeah. Like, cool. The smallest fucking win ever. But now I know that, hey, I can fast. I can fast tomorrow if I want to. I can do Monday, Tuesday fast again, and I'll gain another little superpower. And maybe I could even do three days. Well, see, that's interesting too, right? Because I think that's what a lot of people, I I feel like, don't recognize and, like, don't understand how there's this back door to every party, right? Like, there's Mm -hmm. some issue or something that you want to change. I mean, it's like, I have to attack this thing head on. Like I have to stop drinking diet Coke. Well, then I just have to stop drinking diet Coke and that's it. Meanwhile, like you did a fast for 48 hours, which has nothing to do with diet Coke. But then when the diet Coke came around, you had a leg up on that conversation Mm -hmm. and that relationship, right? Like it doesn't mean that we have to go attack the thing that we think is the problem. It's really just getting the skills to change the narrative, right? Getting the, the skills to change the story or the relationship that and they we don't have all with that come thing. from that initial fast. Yeah. Right. They're not all going to come from your first run. Like you ran 40 miles, you did the fucking thing and you still had to come back to fix that inner dialogue. Like, right. It's the other fucking problem right now is stuff's supposed to happen the first time you do it, or you're supposed to take this pill and you know, I'm not supposed to be bipolar anymore. Are you supposed to do this? And then this is supposed to stop. And when it doesn't, a lot of people were like, well, that's fucked up. Like, you know, I tried that. It doesn't work. Eh. Yeah. You tried it once. Like. You didn't try everything. You didn't try everything, right? Yeah. Um, so that's helped me a lot. That's helped, that's helped me a lot. And then realizing. And then you, you get little wins like that, right? Like, as little as it is, Diet Coke and no fucking goldfish. And little tiny wins like that give you confidence in everything else. And then now, like, when I look at other people, and a lot of people don't do this, but when I look at someone who's truly fucking crushing everything, right? Like, my first, I don't go to those excuses anymore. Like, excuses from whether it's training I do with you or dieting or what are these things. My first thought is, like, I wonder what little changes I need to make in my life so I can be there. Like, so what are those? Because they're not, they're not that much smarter than me. They don't have that. I have probably the same resources they have but there's a little pattern of thought that's different with that, that person, which is why they're making 10 times more money or which is why that they have f- like, f- like half their weeks open. 
Like yeah. I'm fucking working six days a week and they're working two. They, th- there's a little thought process that's different. Like how do I get that? Instead yeah. of just looking at all the excuses of why that person's different than where I am. Yeah. It's cool, man. It all adds up. And that, I think the important, I think what's something that's really powerful there too is that like I live by the addition versus subtraction law, right? So like a lot of people, they want to quit. Like I need to quit smoking. That's a subtraction. But really what you need to do is you need to add something instead of thinking about what you need to subtract from your life. You need to add something in that brings in such a beautiful gift to you that the the thing you want to stop just fades away, right? Like you just said it, like you're like, what are the things I need to add on or what are the things I need to add that'll help me get to where that person is? But see, the subtraction mind would be like, what is the shit I need to stop doing so I can get there? Mm, Okay. Do you know what I mean? But like if we're starting to think about like, like if I need to quit smoking cigarettes and I said, I decide that I'm going to start running, guess what I'm going to probably stop doing as yeah. a byproduct of it. Right? Like if I want to get up, so like perfect example, six, seven years ago when I was leaving like the party scene and I was seeing, I just was done and grossed out by it. And I, and I wanted to do the things that I saw people doing when I was coming home from the night and they were up riding their bike along the Potomac River. And I was like, that seems like so much fun. I wanted to do it, you know? And, but going out and like living that lifestyle I was didn't really match that mm. idea. And just deciding to stay in one night. And then the next night, like next day, I got up and rode my bike along the Potomac River and found out how much fucking fun that was. I didn't want to go out anymore. It was the addition of the bike riding that helped change the habits. Mm versus like, I got to stop doing this so I can start doing that. I just started doing the thing and then it allowed me to just stop doing the yeah. other thing. You know what I mean? I understand. Does that make like sense? That. Yeah. I'm trying to think to what else it applies to. Cause everything, everything. Yeah. I well, mean, everything. If I think about in, in my own coaching with my clients, um, that's one of the primary ways that we address nutrition. Uh, we don't talk about like cutting out junk food or soda, but we just talk about implementing more healthy food options and by doing it the same way that you both have been talking about. Yeah. The, the bad kind of sees its way out the door. And I think that if you're looking at the most sustainable way to do things, that's usually the best way because as you're, as you're adding more in and letting the bad fall off, the discipline grows, the patience builds as opposed to just like cold turkey and taking things out. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. It's, it is, it's it, especially with, especially with diet. Yeah, especially. Well, sure. I mean, we're pattern recognition machines, right? I mean, if I start eating really healthy all the time, then my body's going to start to recognize is that's the craving. Yeah. Maybe it starts to crave the other things less. Sure. I mean, I remember the first time I went on a really big run. This was probably like a year ago or something. And it was in Arizona. And I just was like, it was just a fucking monster run. And it was brutal. It was just like a t- t- brutal terrain, brutal heat, brutal like thorn bushes everywhere. It was just a rough run. And at times when I did these really big ultras, it's like, oh, I'm going to go fucking crush a burger or like pizza. And I remember like leaving and I'm like, I just felt like so in tune with my body. And I was like, oh, I don't want to put anything bad in here. Like, I want to put something really good in here. Like, I want to like thank my body for everything it just did. And it's like that addition of like adding all these powerful things I do with my body just gives me less of a need to want to put more shit in it because I like doing these cool things with my body. Yeah. So if I put more shit in it. I'm not going to do those things as much. Yeah. <laughs> that was another big takeaway right. from my fast is 
I set, we went out to dinner. I don't remember what I got at dinner, but like it was, that was sort of what was ending it. It was like Dane and I were going out to dinner to meet, to do something. I don't remember. And I was like, just kept thinking. I was like, oh, you can eat at this goal, this goal, when you get to the goal. And when I got at the goal and I remember I just like, I ate like I normally eat, like a big dumb asshole. And I felt like my body, the way my body reacted, and I don't think I told you this, but like my heart rate was through the roof. Whoa. Like I was like 120. Like it was like, whoa, what the fuck is going on? My whole body was like flush red. Uh, I started sweating. Like I, I, it was weird. It was weird to the point where like I brought up to Dan. I was like, hey, I don't, there's something going on with me. Just like keep an eye on me. I say that a lot. I'm always like, keep an eye on me. Like I took a fucking, what did I do in Mexico? I took a, uh, a half of a Mexican Cialis, which is apparently way different than the fucking <laughs> what I normally take. And then like forgot and then took a non-stim pump formula at the gym. And I was there and I was, I was like training legs. My legs were just like super full. And I was like, all of a sudden like my eyes started to like, everything started to get like really bright and like pushed behind my eyes. And I was like, hey Dana. All the time, like, hey, just so you know, I took, uh, in case I'm not with it soon, I took a half a Cialis and a full scump, uh, uh, scoop of Redcon pump formula. So that's what's going on. <laughs> so I did the same thing at dinner. I was like, hey, just so you know, uh, I think breaking my fast, uh, I shouldn't be eating all this. And now my heart rate, I'm sweating. And it was like a fucking horrible feeling. And it was the same thing. And, I, and like, like Tony Robbins focuses on that a lot of like focusing on like all that pain at once, right? And that's what it was. And like, it stuck with me forever. Next time I'm breaking a fast, fucking fruit and salad, bro. Right. Like fruit and fucking salad. Yeah. Cause like that experience of coming off that, like almost makes me not want to eat those foods anymore. It's like, why couldn't my body just help? Like just process that. Yeah. You know, why couldn't I just feed? Like, it's probably what I'm going to get at dinner tonight. And it's like, so, but wait, if I haven't eaten for a long time, and I introduced this to my body who I was feeling amazing. You're telling me my body's going to like fucking shut down on me or overreact or hyperventilate. Like maybe that's not what I should be conditioned to eating all the time. Yeah. yeah. It's an interesting thought, man. And, and, and all these like really cool experiments, right? That like when people hear like, why would you run that? Why would you not eat? Like everyone in the building was like, you're not, you're fasting for 48 hours. Like what the fuck would you do that for? To, I wanna, to learn, I want to learn stuff. Like, yeah. why would you guys run? Why would you? Yeah. Why would you do the Spartan right. race? Why would you do this? Why would you? Yeah, yeah. It's like, what? The, what do you mean? Why? Because I'm a student first. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. It never has anything to do with yeah. running 33 miles. Like, it has nothing to do with that. It never has. It's always about the gifts that we get out there, right? That's how I see it. I mean, I, I've, I've found that. Like, I've been, I've been active and, and an athlete my whole life. And while the gym has brought me a lot of carryover from the gym into my everyday life, it, it, it's not even half of what I get out of running mm. because I feel like running is so much more intensive. Mm. And, and I feel like if I'm training in the gym or if I'm running in the mountains, there's no, there's no way around. I have to be all in, in the mountains. Mm. Yeah. I can be half ass yeah. in the gym. Fake it. I can fake it yep. in the gym. But when I'm in the wild, when I'm in the mountains, there's no way. Yeah. And so the carryover is so much greater. Yeah. It, it really isn't just about like my time. Like that's why like if you're, if you, if you follow my posts or whatever, like I never really put my time mm. in, in my posts because it's not about the time. I don't care about whatever my time is that I finish in. It's just me getting out there and doing the thing and then, and then 
extracting the lessons from it because there's teachings all day long if you're willing to listen. One of the coolest things I like uh, when you run, never told you this, um, but for me it's like, because even when we run with people, right, I'm always like slightly annoyed because I'm like, oh, I want to get my time really good. I want to like, I want to make sure that like whatever I get time-wise and like these people are slowing us down or whatever. Um, But like one thing I've always noticed you do is like you'll completely fucking stop a run and go back and like take photos of flowers (laughs) that like, just the whole thing or yeah. you'll be running and we're like we're hitting a fucking stride and I'm like okay here we go we're gonna make up some time <laughs> this is the thing and like you just fucking dead stop and you're like, look at that peak let me and tell you the story like, around me, this now let me tell you about this peak and I'm yeah. like hey man my legs are cooling down like we're losing <laughs> our average mile time and it's like you just you just stop I, and I like I fucking love it yeah like because yeah. it, it's because I know why I don't stop. Like, I know why I'm like, always like, well, I gotta keep moving. Cause I want to, if I'm, I want to, you know, be under a fucking 17 minute mile for all or whatever. Right. And it's just like, nah, man, it, it's not why we're here. Yeah. Exactly. It's really, really cool. It's really, really cool. Ah, thank you. No problem. Yeah, thanks Never for said that. It. Now is the perfect time. Thanks man. No problem dude. Uh, we were out shooting the apex bag a few weeks ago mm-hmm. and it was Dana, Brandon and I, and uh, Brandon was behind me for the most part and we'd be walking along the trail and every so often I would I would brush a tree with my hand and after a while Brandon asked me he's like dude why are you touching all the trees <laughs> and I, he's like why are you touching all the trees and I'm like well it's it, like like for me it's a, it's like it's an acknowledgement it's like mm-hmm. I see you you know mm-hmm. what I mean and and to me like being in nature and like really being with nature is it's important to me and when you're up in Glacier Park and you can experience that and you just don't worry about your splits or your time yeah. or whatever, there's a lot of gifts in there. So, I don't know, for those listening, take your time and look around a little bit. I, I formed a really on, on Lion Mountain, that backside where you used to make me do sprints on that cliff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I formed a really weird relationship with all of those rocks. Yeah. With, like, everything, dude. Because, I mean between running up, knowing where I was at based on what kind of rocks there were, but between watching what rocks I couldn't step on, where I could step, where my power steps were, where my downhill steps were, and then even like coming down, like where I had to put my hands sometimes, like a really interesting relationship with all those rocks. And like, it's weird, I can like close my eyes and still see them all, (laughs) and like the same thing, just acknowledgement of like, yeah, I'm I'm running in your little world, rocks. This I don't I have nothing to do here other than like I'm trying to work with you to get to get a skill set but like this is yours this yeah. is cool I'm just here visiting and 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 that's actually like I'll tell you a quick story but that was one of those brilliant things I've learned from ultra running and like one of the downloads we were just talking about is I think a lot of times like when we're looking at um, a mountain to climb or a race to run or whatever it may be like we're looking to like crush the run we're looking to conquer the mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, but going off of what you said, one thing that I've learned over the years is that instead of looking at it as like conquering a mountain and trying to like break it down, what if instead you could just ask for safe passage through it instead of having to like want to, to win it or mm-hmm. conquer it? What if you just ask for safe passage, you know, and just work with it instead? Yeah. And like when I shifted the way that I look at racing and running now, like it just makes it so much better. It's so much more enjoyable. 
because yeah. I'm never angry at the mountain anymore. And, and even if I was angry, like I'm, I'm not going to win. So if I no. could just like relinquish and I, and that, I think, right? Uh, I think the really juvenile way to perceive that would be like, oh, it's pussy shit, right? Like, sure, it's sure. pussy shit. But right. what what you don't realize, and this is like, this is Rob Bailey now talking to Rob Bailey like when he was fucking thirty, right? Yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, it's fucking hippie pussy shit. The dude yeah. dreads is talking about safe passage through the fucking mountain. Yeah. No, motherfucker, I move mountains, <laughs> and it's like, bro, that's how you move right right yeah like right. you know your environment you you take lessons you take the right lessons yeah and like yes you're asking for permission to move through the mountain so that you can go back and when that skill set that you learned there that pussy hippie skill set set comes back and it's time to move a mountain or it's yeah. time to fucking seal a deal or have some kind of confidence in yourself or be alpha or where the fucking stupid word is that's what's gonna make that happen right right Right. But if you just go at everything like a fucking child, I'm going to conquer everything, knock everything <laughs> down. Like, you know, <laughs> it I, I wish work I, for so long. Hey, man. I, w- I mean, I, 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 I wish I would have learned it sooner. Yeah. You know? Yeah. All seasons, yeah. right? Comes it's all age, about right? the seasons. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll, I'll piggyback off of that too, man, and acknowledge you as well because, and just to say this out there for anybody that's listening, there's so much power and the people that you surround yourself with and what their perspectives are and how they can help to elevate and help you grow. And I honor you and acknowledge you as well because the same thing, you know, like the relationship that I have with South Mountain, I don't know that I would have that relationship with South Mountain if I didn't experience your perspective of the relationship that you have with Glacier with you, you know, like on that 40-mile run and the reminders that you gave me from the beginning and through the middle, like, Glacier's here to give you whatever you need. Mm-hmm. Like it's a living organism, right? And, and I felt that that whole time. Like when I was hot, she gave me a cool breeze, right? Like when I was really tunnel visioned, she reminded me to look up and see some beautiful thing. And, on the, and even to really enhance that, like that was a day that we ran when there was a lot of fires going on. So there was nothing but like, white smoke so you, like the whole beauty of glacier was basically wiped out except for these few moments where i was so tunneled visioned that then she gave me this beautiful view like just so happened there was a break in the smoke and, and you know it's like the perspective that you've given me has also altered the way that i experience the mountain when i'm out there and that relationship and it's just it is it's making me more well-rounded it's it's that growth right it's like being around people that have just a little different way of looking at things and instead of rejecting it, being so open to it and allowing it and doing so has, you know, radically changed my life. Yeah. I appreciate you, brother. Yeah. Thank you, man. I appreciate you both. Yeah. Um, And on that note, uh, we're going to wrap it up, right? Is that what you're going to say? I thought I was, was Oh, I was going to say on that note, I have, uh, so I was right. (laughs) I've got a mother's day dinner. Oh Yeah. Yeah. So for those listening, I mean, you won't hear this on Mother's Day, but if you have a mother, give her a call. I bet she'd like to hear from you. And if not, think think a think of a good time that you two spent together. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Hell yeah. Adios, amigo. Adios. Well, wait. I don't need to go I, anywhere. I don't know how long that is. <laughs> I don't either. We can rip one more thing. All right, that's fine. Anything you, you would like to say before you leave? I just enjoy the time I spend with you both. Hell yeah. We spend time together in different capacities, but it means a lot to me. Me too, man. It always has, so. 
I know. I love you both. I love, love you too, man. man. Hope you guys have a great rest of your time, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, I love you, yeah. man. See you, man. Stress safe, brother. You guys coming out to the house later? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. We have to get back there, right? Yep. So I'll roll it back and I want to share one thing on that, on what you experience after your fast. Um, uh, a sip of water. After your fast, right? You ate yeah. and shit got a little wild. Yeah. So I don't know if this is going to be too woo woo for your crowd or not, but that don't give a shit. So yeah. Um, I'll let you know. Yeah. So one thing that I think is really interesting and, and something that I've experienced along my journey and that I've really experienced along other people's journey that I work with, you know, clients and things is that when we make a, a commitment, that's at like, not just like a, I'm just going to, I'm going to do this, but it's like a real like heart set commitment. Like mm-hmm. we feel it in our soul. Like we know this is the right thing for us to do. And like, this is what I'm going to do. I know it's the best thing for me. And we like internally make that commitment, like on a soul level. Mm-hmm. I have experience and it is my belief now that everything will line up around that and work towards that goal. And like your experience of like, I'm going to fast for 48 hours because I'm going to change my relationship with food. Mm -hmm. But then you went back to your old relationship. Your body had such an adverse reaction. Yes, maybe because you fasted and you put a bunch of food in it. But I think also because Mm -hmm. at a cellular level, like you made a whole new decision to reroute your relationship and everything, everything lined up around it. Right? Like I had a similar experience. I was talking about doing all plant-based and I was really feeling like I'm going to go plant-based for a little while. And I went to dinner. Like we got invited to this really special dinner. And, um, I mean, it was at a fucking incredible place and it was like private room and all this stuff. And like, I'm like, I gotta get a steak, right? Like this is probably going to be one of the best steaks I've ever had in my life. Like, all right. I'm going to get the steak and it wasn't super huge. I got like a 16 ounce or something. New York strip it was fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. So ate it, having a blast. We moved the, we moved from dinner party to the next thing. And I start feeling like really f- like flush. I start feeling a little nauseous and like I go to the bathroom and I'm like, just to pee. And I'm like in the bathroom, like, oh my God. Like, I feel like I'm my head spinning. Like I'm getting dizzy. I'm like, I'm like having a fucking pep talk with myself. I'm like, pull it together. You're fine. Breathe the digestion, yep. breathe the digestion. And fucking I go out and I had to tell Christina, I was like, we gotta go. Like something's wrong. And I like get out to the car and like my whole body starts like expanding. I'm like, we're driving home. I'm like, oh my God, like I'm going to fucking throw up. Like I get, I mean, it was fucking awful. It was this huge revolt Mm -hmm. and it's not like I don't eat red meat. Like it's not, I mean, I don't eat it that often, but like still it just fucking rocked me. And it was like, yeah, because like I was at the point where like at a cellular level, like to my heart and my core, like I was like, no, this is a really good thing. And I'm enjoying, I I, like want to make this decision. I'm going to go this direction. And I had this steak and it's like fucking threw me down the yep. barrel of hell. And it's like, now are you ready to go forward with what you said you really wanted to do? Yeah, there's, there's so much magic and I'll just call it magic because like magic's like the goofiest thing to call it, I think. But it's true. There's so much fucking magic. And that's one thing in, in my coaching groups, I, I haven't figured out how to articulate yet. Right. Um, which is like, oh yeah, let's, no, let's magic. I was like, the, it's the magic part. I don't know how to tell you guys how that makes it work, but it's just, I feel like the self-talk, the, what, where you put attention, um, 
something about it like all lines up and things just make sense. I mean, even down to like the silly magic of seeing numbers, right? Like I fixated uh, a long time ago growing up when my dad told me he liked 9-11s, I just saw 9-11 everywhere. Like literally fucking everywhere. 9 9-11, 9-11, 9-11, 9-11. And then when I started buying those cars, for some reason I didn't see that number. And, and I all of a sudden I, uh, I started seeing 666 everywhere. And bro, I see 666 10 times a day. 10 so times rad. a fucking day. I'm like, holy shit. And like, I probably see 11, 11, but like all these just things just line up to that. And it's like, that's an easy one, right? Yeah. Like we always see red cars or we always see whatever. It's a very, very easy way to put this is magic. But it's like, if you line yourself up towards the right things or then little things start changing, like the fucking words, dude. Like, one of the things moving to Montana was just the verbiage changing mm. of the small talk that people normally have where they're like, how you doing, man? And like, you're just like, oh, I'm tired. Like that yeah. natural response. Or, 100%. Where you're like, oh, it's fucking hot outside. Or like even how you talk about the weather or like you don't like rain. Like when I came here, I was like, oh, it's, people were like, how you doing? So I'm like, yeah, it's, you know, it's raining. And they're like, yeah, isn't it beautiful? And it's like, oh yeah, I guess it, yeah, like, yeah, it is beautiful. And just like the little, you know, and, and, and it starts out with silly stuff like, oh, I, I have to do this today or I must do this or I can't do this or you start changing those little things, whether it's through crazy shit like ultra runs. Now all of a sudden it's like, well, no, I, 20 miles used to say like, I can't run 20 miles because I'm 300 pounds. Now I'm like, well, I don't know, at 275, I ran close to 30. Mm-hmm. So I guess I can, right? Mm-hmm. And I think all those little things start changing. And then all your little self-talk, you set your intention and like your body fucking reacts. Yeah. You know, I think one of the big things in my life right now that is like fucking me up is my attention is going too many different places, Mm. right? Like there's too many businesses. There's too many ideas. There's too many relationships. There's too many things being pulled emotionally. So I can't focus. So my body hasn't been in like aligned with all those things. Mm. I'm working on it. Yeah. But... I know what it feels like to have your body in line, right? Like I know, I know how my body reacted when I was like, no, I'm starting this apparel line and this is body. This is what I need you to do. Yeah. Right. This is my clear fucking goal. And all of a sudden people are like, what do you mean? You sleep two and a half, three hours a night. I'm like, yup. And you don't fucking eat and you fucking like my body just did. And my body was like, this is what we're doing. And I fucking (laughs) love it. Right. Yeah, and, and there's something about that. Like when you do get things lined up, you know exactly what you're doing, and your body's on board. It's fucking dope, dude. It really is, man. And and I say it all the time to people. Like the words that we use, they don't describe our life; they create it. Yeah. Right? The words we use don't describe what's going on; they create what's going on. Right? It, it's it's the building blocks of everything. I mean, Nikola Tesla said it: if you can see the world in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration, then you can create anything that you want in your life. And that's the magic. Right? It's learning how to use your energy, your vibration, and your frequency to match that of the most divine life that you want. Mm-hmm. Right? Like the, the, the water cooler complaint conversations. Yeah. Right? Who has them? And what is going on in their life? Mm-hmm. And where is their health? Right? And, and where they, is their what vision? What are they running from? Right. Who wants to be around them? What kind of people do they attract? What kind of All people do they shit, attract? Dude. Where do they hang out consistently? Right? Is their growth built in? Right, like the the lack of growth was what pulled me out of the party scene. Was just realizing I was like, man, 
fuck, I've been seeing the same people for a long time. And like, they're like 10, 20 years, my senior, like they've been going, they were, they were here when I was here. Scary. And when I, when they, yeah. when, when they were where I was, I was in fucking grade school. So like, I don't want that, you know? And like, that's, I think that's a lot of that, that thing. And like that misery loves company. It's so easy for people to bond over negativity, right? To bond over so pain, easy. It's so easy. you know, and, and we're talking shit or, you know, Right. Yeah. Talking shit, you know, telling about somebody else, how this person did that or the drama or blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, I think, I think it's interesting nowadays because I think there's a lot of, there's all this hype around, you know, get rid of negative people, like exit the toxicity. Yeah. Like get rid of toxic things like blah, blah, blah. And and I think that there's, there's a couple layers to that, right? Like I can appreciate removing yourself from, you know, a certain level of whatever toxicity or negativity or complaints or whatever you want to call it. Right. I'm sorry. I know you hate that word, right? Yeah. Because it, it passes all blame to everyone but you. And I think that's the, that's the big thing about like when people say something is toxic, it's just like, Oh, it's a thing you don't know how to deal with. So you're just going to call it toxic or you're going to call them narcissistic because that's what people call me all the time. Right. I am fucking a toxic narcissist, fucking uh, masculine asshole. And it's like, Okay. Yeah. So like just everything in your life that you don't like, you're just going to run from and call it toxic. That's going to work out good for you. Right. Holy shit. Well, see, and that's the thing. It's like, those are the <laughs> levels, right? Like the one layer is that first layer where it's like, I'm just going to remove myself. Yeah. But like, if you're going to master something, then you need to understand that mastering it means learning how to respond different yeah. right? learning how to be in the space of wherever you are and not to rattle your own cage. Yeah. Right. Like, cause the truth is, is that whatever we say about somebody else, it passes through us first. Mm-hmm. Anything I say about you that's mm-hmm. negative, anything that's like, Oh Rob, I hate when Rob does this. That's got to pass through me. It has to pass through yeah. me. And it's a reflection of something that I lack in myself or I don't like about myself or I wish I had in myself that you exemplify. And because you do it so well, it fucking bothers me. But it doesn't bother me that you do it enough for me. It bothers me that I, right. right, It bothers me that I actually don't have it in my own space. And, and, but but it, you know, it takes a certain level of awareness to appreciate that truth about yourself. And I think that's, that's where we play this 98% and 2% game, right? There's 2% of the people that see it and there's 98% that is the fucking world. I feel like the more I'm aware, because that's, I think that's the biggest thing, right? So it's, when was it like three years ago? I realized how valuable it was or maybe four years ago, how valuable it was to actually talk mm. right. And, and understand things and, and understand like why I do things, why I react, like to essentially become self-aware, right. And be able to yeah. verbalize it. And I feel like since I've started to do that, 80% of the things that used, I used to say like that bothers me or that gives me anxiety or like, what somehow affected me, 80% of the things no longer affect me. Mm. It's crazy, right? So like the way someone talks or something someone does, like eight out of the 10 things, they, I no longer care. If it's someone else doing it, I no longer care. And the only reason I'm so aware of that is because I still have people in my life that it bothers them. Mm. And they'll, they'll say to me like, well, I can't believe this person did that. And I'm like, I don't fucking care. And they're right. like, yeah, but blah, blah, blah. Like it could do this. And I'm like, and if it does, I'll deal with it, but I don't fucking care. Yeah. And like realizing more and more now, like, and it's not because I, 
it's not like a nihilistic, like I don't care about anything. It's just like, I realize it doesn't really affect me and I don't need to commiserate or play a victim or talk shit or any of that stuff. Yeah. It just doesn't, I don't, I don't have well, a stance I, on it. Yeah. I and I think the, I don't care is just the same as saying, and that's okay. No. Yeah. And that's a better way to say it. That's like, okay. like language, man. Yeah. It's a much better way to say it, but it, but, okay. but it is right. Like it, yeah. it's the same thing. Like it's like when I've been telling people lately, like I've been getting all these messages to slow down. Like it's to slow down, these slow down messages. But the truth is, it's not about me slowing down. So it's not about me getting messages. People aren't send you mes- sending you messages. No, you're just getting like universe messages. Universe okay. messages. So, you know, even the even the nine day like stomach virus that I had a few weeks ago, right? That was that was the one that was like the final message. I was like, I get it. I I heard it. Like, there's been a six week transformation that's happened over the last six weeks that have been almost a culmination of everything that I've been getting over the last 18 months. And it's this universal message of me slowing down. But the truth is it's not really me slowing down. It's actually me letting go. Mm. It's me releasing a lot. It's me letting go of a lot of things, right? It's me letting go of um, maybe expectations I feel like I need to live up to in other people's eyes or whatever, right? Like letting go. And like I was telling you about like how I fill my calendar and like, believing that like because I have you know I went from the lifestyle that I had for a long time to leaving that lifestyle to in that process and I think a lot of people go through this when they go through personal development is they have to they have the upgrade of friends but before the upgrade is and I should that sounds bad when I say that but like there's a group of people that you spend your it's life a different with circle. Yeah, it's a different circle. And then you, when your energy shifts and your energy changes, you want something that kind of matches it, that continues to, to get that ball and that momentum rolling, right? And I believe that no matter what, if you're on that journey, there's usually a period of loneliness, right? Like, because you're in transition. And at this point in my life now, I'm, I've gone over the transition and I'm surrounded by all these really powerful, lovely people that have been, you know, brought into my life. And to me, what I realized recently, I was telling you late, earlier, is about this little thing of scarcity it was almost like like oh I'm like I really want to connect with them I haven't talked to them in a few months like I really want to set up you know I want to set up a call and I'm always like filling my calendar I'm like booking this or booking that or I'm like I want to go hang out with this person you know I haven't seen him in months you know and it's like it's almost as if like at the at the, at the deepest rooted level like it all makes sense like yeah I want to see someone because it might be two years and like well yeah why would I not want to see them right but at the deepest rudest level is almost this space of like well if you don't like, will you guys still be friends or, you know, like, will you lose the relationship or, you know and I mean? That's, I think that the, mm-hmm. the most remedial way of saying it, but, um, like letting go and just realizing that everything's always lined up for me perfectly. Like this need to rush and go fast. Someone blew my mind. I had a cup of coffee with a, my buddy of mine recently and he blew my mind because he's seen a lot of the stuff I've gone through a lot of the change I've had and he's seen a lot of the rough spots I've hit, especially over the last 18 months. Mm. And he was asking me about my ultras and he's like, so tell me, he's like, how do you like, what's your like gauge and like, how do you factor in and, and like, um, like what's your, what's your recording process and like leveling process when it comes to time on these races? And I was like, Oh, I never run for time. I'm like, I just go out there and I get the job done. And he's like, Oh, and he's like, interesting. He's like, isn't it interesting that in one of these things that you love so much that you're so passionate about that's brought you all these gifts in your life that you never factor in time, yet you always seem to be in a race to get done a lot of the other things in your business world. Isn't that interesting? And I was like, 
like my mind exploded. I was like, he's like, isn't it interesting that when you seem to push really hard in a specific area of your life, like business is typically the one for me that you get pushback, that your body pushes back, the universe pushes back, like things will shut down on you. When you try to go hard after going hard after going hard and you just keep going hard without giving yourself the recovery that you need because you're, you're going fast and you're filling, you're going full, your body is pushing back and you're getting universal signs that are revolting against this drive for speed. And I was like, whoa. Like my whole mind kind of peeled open when he said it. And I was like, wow. And it was in that moment that like, I was like, oh my God, like this letting go process mm. and I've been doing it and I'm going faster. Yeah, there's there's something I was telling you about my to-do list and I sat down for two hours yesterday and put my to-do list out and I'm still married to the thought and I realize it's a, a bad thought, deleterious thought, right? Is the only way everything gets better is more work. Mm. Like if I put more work in, if I write down a list and check everything off the list and just fucking, if I do more, I'm going to get more results. And I've been doing this long enough to, to be very aware now that that's not, no, that's not it. Like <clears throat> I, I think that's, it's a little dangerous, right? Cause it's this, it's this fine balance of not using it as an excuse, right? Cause I think that the, like, Oh, well, my body pushes back when I wake up and I run in the morning. It's like, yeah, uh, you just don't like running in the morning. <laughs> so, or, or like, yeah, you know, if I work on the weekends, um, you know, my body result, I just need the weekends off. And it's like, there, there's a place in time in life where you're going to learn the lessons. You're going to put the work in, right? So like, I think it's interesting now because we both have the ability to sit here and say, uh, we've, you know, you've been very successful in your right. I've been very successful in mine. And it's like, we've put all that in, but we're here because we've put in those seven day weeks, right? We've, we've eight we've, day weeks, eight day weeks, right? <laughs> like those times when it's like, yeah, I had eight days because one of the nights I didn't sleep. Mm -hmm. Right. And you put in all that work and I feel like, uh, it was, the, the book is rocket fuel. I read mm. and it, I, once again, I don't read often. But in that book, they said that a visionary, um, oftentimes visionaries can get a company to $10 million or it can get it to some kind of milestone. So like maybe that's $3 million or that's what, right? And then it changes. And then it's like, well, something else has to get you to the next level. And I think that in business and all of this, there's a level where it's just fucking hard work, where you're, you're honing skills, you're learning responsibility, you're learning the attention to detail, you're realizing that, oh, I've been answering customer service emails for a year. And if I would, if, if, if I would have been tracking them better, if I would have been more organized, I'd have my fucking automatic responses set up to questions, or I could have built out the FAQ page on the site. So, so there's an element of like working really hard, working really hard and using up all your time to devote towards something and then paying attention to get better to details and learning all these skills. But then it gets you to a point in time where it's like, yeah, okay, cool. That shit's under control. Doing more of this, adding more work, adding more steps, adding more processes, adding more of this. It's not going to, my bottom line of revenue is not going to get bigger. 
right? Mm. If I have more conversation, if I put up more podcasts or I do whatever, it's not, that's not what's going to move my revenue. There's something that probably takes a lot less time that I need to start doing. And that's, what's going to get me there. Right. Yeah. And I think that like, that's the point that I'm in. And that's the point that I think you're talking about is like, no, we've, the reason we're at this point is because we put those weird fucking days in, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, you and I, we didn't talk for a while. There was, I mean, we, we, we've always talked, but there was a couple years when it was like, we would check in. I'd be like, you doing good? You'd be like, yeah, I'm busy. I'd be like, yeah, I'm busy too. All right, Joe, <laughs> see you later, right? Yeah. And it's like, now I'm realizing that, <clears throat> you know, seven days a week for a brand, like that's not what the brand needs from me. You know, the, the brand doesn't need... Rob Bailey going through the motions seven days a week to get all the work done and check things off his list. The brand needs like Rob Bailey's like a one day of like a monster fucking breakthrough, right? And that's what that's what gets you past that fucking whatever that threshold is, one million dollars, a fucking a hundred thousand dollars. Let's use simple fucking numbers, right? It's that okay, I got here by by you know, doing this and it got me to a hundred thousand dollars. Like what gets me to that next level? It's not fucking doubling down or working harder or like you've put all that time in, you know, that's right. elementary school. You, you get to a point in time where it's like, it's those big decisions. Yeah. And it's learning how to cultivate the ability to have those big decisions and mm -hmm. big ideas and flow. Yeah. Right. Like it's giving yourself the space to, yeah, right? that one you of, recognize, I'm sure, that if you work eight to seven hours a day, like Rob Bailey is not going to have the capacity in his brain to come up with the next $100 million no. idea. No. Well, dude, I, you, it's funny. You said saying, saying sick. One of my biggest takeaways this year is uh, I got, what did I get? I got COVID, um, which I just tried to wait it out. So for, uh, it knocked me out Friday and then Saturday, Sunday, completely off. You know, and there's a difference between taking off and then you check emails, you go on social, you do work around the house. And then there's like a taking off where you're like, oh, I did nothing. I didn't even watch TV. I did like literally fucking nothing, right? Because I think it's, 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 you know, it's like problems, right? It's all these things that like they hit you little by little so you never really notice them, mm -hmm. right? It's like, it's like you get fat as you get older. Next thing you know, you turn around and you're like, like I'm, I would say I'm 40 pounds overweight right now. Mm. It's like, this didn't happen all at once. This has been slowly showing up for the last 10 years and now it's here. But like, if it would have hit me all at once and I wake up tomorrow and I'm another 40 pounds overweight, I'd be like, whoa, we need to take action. <laughs> but because it happens so fucking slow, right? And I think it's the same thing with like your Saturday and Sunday, like you're still moving, you're still working. So you're not completely detached from the phone or completely detached from work or even thinking about it. And COVID rocked me so fucking bad. Um, thank God I got, shout out to Ivermectin mm. that I took on Sunday fucking night. And I woke up Monday morning, fine. I was like, I'm going to work. And dude, I came out of that little two day thing where I did nothing, like so hungry. And I, my, my brain has never worked like that before. It Isn't was amazing? fucking amazing. And, and my biggest takeaway, so I'm on my call that week and I was like, I need time off. Like, holy shit. Like, you can't see it when you're buried in it. You can't see it when you're, when you're hit with the emotion or the stress or all mm -hmm. your thinking patterns that you have. But, dude, give yourself a legit break from that. Not a fucking half-ass break where you take a conference call in the morning. Give yourself fucking two days of nothing. Yeah. 
and then come out the other side and holy shit, dude. Well, and we're talking about words, right? I mean, the word there is like, you're taking two days off, but really it's two days on. Like I, yeah. like I tell people a lot and they're like, like when I talk to people, when they ask me about work-life balance, right? Like people ask me about work, how do you work, do work-life balance? And I have them have to help them understand it. Like I don't have a work-life balance. I was like, my work-life is integration. I was like, everything that I do in my life is work. And everything I do in work is my life. Like if I come to Montana to run 35 miles, see my homie, have a podcast, like I'm working, mm -hmm. that's work. If I do a boys trip, that's also work. Because I'm at a point in my life where I'm not going out to like blow my brains out, like get, up, get wasted and like, you know, just like rage. Like I'm gonna have a trip where I'm gonna probably spend time with some guys that we're gonna have some deep conversations mm -hmm. and shit's gonna open up and it's gonna reset me and it's gonna power me up for the work. Everything is the fucking work. And if you're playing the game at the high level or you want to play at the high level, everything is part of the work. Mm -hmm. And everything in your life is that. And everything in your work is your life. You know, it's not like we have to balance these things. We should be like relishing in the gifts that we have, right? Like to do work. Yeah. Like what a gift I have. Even if you're going into a company, you know, like you're still, you're, you're going in and doing something special, like regardless. And I think that that's, that's like the real power tool is like when you re recognize that like you're not going to take time off, you're going to take time on or you're going to take time to be more on. Yeah. Yeah. And it's fucking, no, it, it's, it's gnarly. Those were, I think the, the biggest two days of my year. That's as so crazy bad. as that is. Right. Cause like day three coming back and like looking at the full workload, but from this like really fresh perspective, right. That's like, to say that we're halfway, almost halfway through the year and the two most important days were the two days where I was completely off because they were able to like fucking slingshot me into a different like fucking dimension. Yeah. Like, holy shit. Like what? My, my two, my two most beneficial days this year were the two days I took off <laughs> and literally laid in the bed with a fever and couldn't even think about anything. Holy shit. Yeah. I wonder if maybe I could, I don't know. Is there a way to manufacture those days? Right. Is there going back to the magic and like we can fucking shit on magic all day long. Like I got crystals on my desk and when people are like, oh, you're like a silly little white girl from Beverly Hills. It's like, I don't know, man. Evolution, man. I'm just, I'm just playing a little game here. And if I can find some way to even think that like, ooh, cool, my energy is a little more balanced. Or like, like, I don't know, what if you planned a whole fucking day? Like I'm obviously not going to have a fever this weekend and be down for two days. But if I said, no, two days of sound bath and sound baths and grounding Whoa. where I promise you I'm not going to think about work. I'm going to come back Monday fucking wild. Yeah. I don't know, man. Magic. There's a lot of, there's so many parts that are magic and I'm sure that you could break it down and make it scientific, but like not interested in that. Right. I just like calling it magic and going about my day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I ran 30, 30 miles on what, what day is it? <laughs> so I ran 30 miles yesterday. Right. And today yeah. I'm not right. But like, what's our brain do? Runs 30 miles every fucking day mm -hmm. or more, right? Yeah. And it's always running. Yep. And like, can you imagine the one organ in your brain, the one muscle or whatever it is that runs every day outside of your heart, right? The heart never stops, but like the brain, this magic mechanism, like imagine if you could tell it like, hey man, psst, take that like what it would do. It's probably why you come back so strong. It's because it it's, it's, it's like grateful. Schedule 
Like like float tanks. Float tanks, same thing, dude. Yeah. You come out of those, you're like, why am I so arrested? Yeah. So you didn't have a phone. You didn't have uh, fucking Singerman's in jail right now. And I was like, hey man, what's the biggest thing you noticed? And he's like, oh, I, I'm my brain. He was on fucking. Once again, I don't know if I should go, but he was he was taking uh, a bunch of different things, right? He was for fucking whatever. Like, yeah. I guess he didn't realize like how many different little little things medications he was taking like oh this calms me down this speeds me up this fucking keeps me focused this is for adhd this is for this oh this is to counteract these other things <laughs> like just like holy fuck and that's one of the biggest things he said he's, he's like well between like all of that which i thought i needed and then not having my phone he's like i can he was at a place where uh he was allowed to make a 15 minute phone call and then there's a weird rule where you have to wait 15 minutes to make your next call. Mm. So he's like, bro, he's like, I can make a phone call and then I can get off the phone and then stare at the wall for 15 minutes and not feel anxious, not feel stressed. Like literally just think about and problem solve and like be a, like have a little philosophy conversations with myself for 15 minutes. And then it's like, oh, it's time. When's the last time you stood anywhere staring at nothing for 15 minutes? He's right. like, it's fucking awesome. I was like, all right, man, it's a weird way to look at jail, but hell yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. just able to think, man. Just right. able to like be with your thoughts, not feel stressed, not fucking hit yourself with some artificial shit to run from anything. Just like, no, I'm going to think for 15 minutes. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, cool. man. It is really cool. It is. I mean, that's what one of the things I love about coming out here, right? It's a detachment. Yeah. You know, different and, environment, different yeah. things. You look at, yeah. I mean, it's like you taking off on Wednesdays with no phone Wednesday. You know, I don't know if you're, awesome. I don't, right. I don't know if it's still going on, it's but I mean, it's just, you know, it's like, and you know, it's all an experiment, right? Yep. Like we got to experiment with new things. Like the world is not going to stop experimenting with us. That's for sure. So like, if we're not going to experiment on how to adapt and be a little bit better then, you know, the world will take us over. It will take control. Yeah. I was, I, I learned about South mountain where I run in Phoenix and in 1940s, they stationed 4,000 people on the mountain. They built these rock houses and these people just constructed all of these trails. And this was in the 1940s where there was nothing. And I'm literally hearing this story while I'm sitting on top of a mountain, watching the sunrise over the city in 80 years, they built this whole fucking city. There's airplanes flying in and out. There's jets, there's trains there's fucking all of this stuff in 80 years i mean it seems like a long time but is it really is it really that long to build all of this they built all of this and phoenix isn't even a big city it's small it's like a cute city Mm -hmm. like i mean the downtown area you can walk five blocks one side or the other i mean but they did all this in like 80 years it's going so fast and like we're just in it like we're not really programmed to go that fast but we are an adaptation machine. So we just move with it and we go with it. But there's so much that, you know, gets covered up and like mm-hmm. gets patternized in our head. And it's like, fuck man, when you let that thing breathe, it's pretty amazing. It's so fucking wild. Well, thank you, me too. Well, uh, where can people find you? Uh, I am Daniel Diaz.com. Oh, okay. Check me out at I am Daniel Diaz.com. Instagram's at peak life. Now, you want some more wisdom? Check it out. You want to get real? Really want to change your life and do something different? Have a radical new experience for the rest of the fifty years you probably have in this world? Then definitely hit me up. Yep, we'll I can. Talk. I can. Um, I don't know. If, I guess if you guys listen to the show, you either. I don't know why, but 
maybe you trusted me a little bit, uh, so I would, I would like to vouch for you. Uh, mm-hmm. I obviously wouldn't have you on the show here if uh, uh, I didn't vouch for you. But Daniel has, um, it's weird to say, but a lot of the answers. Uh, uh, or a lot of the solutions. Because that's not, you don't have the answers. You have, he has the solutions um, to a lot of little things, right? And, and I think that uh, a lot of us don't take time to study things like that. Like, we don't take time to study, like, why? You know, like, I'm doing this. You don't know why. You're just like, no, let me just do it. Let me, let me do it well or all these different things. And, I, and you've, you've been taking the time to study those things, to figure out why, to figure out where we sort of run the wrong course and things like that. And I, you're, it's, it's cool to know that you're professional at helping people with that. So Thanks, man. Um, th- you have my vote. <laughs> Love you, brother. Appreciate Love it, you, man. man. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Um, the, the microphones hopefully uh, consistently stay the same volume. I'm looking at all these, and we were loud, we were sexy, we were laughing. So <laughs> I apologize. Uh, I'm been trying to turn the knobs the whole time myself. You can blame it on me because my voice is definitely just uh, a whole party. Your box your of voice sound. is pretty consistent. Um, oh, nice. Roster runner was loud and then he got quiet and then it looks like I did the same thing. So (laughs) shit. Anyway, guys, I appreciate everyone. Uh, We say to exit this, we say the same thing always, which is good night, Dana. Good night, Dana.